Cleveland, Ohio. Charlotte, North Carolina. Hollywood, California. Munich, Germany. Indianapolis, Indiana. Cooperstown, New York. Springfield, Massachusetts. What do all these cities have in common? In a little bit, well, you'll find out a lot more. Good morning. Welcome to Blue Lake on this great Sunday morning. And the title of the sermon today is the ultimate Hall of Fame. Now, after the last sermon on the strength of faith, I received a call from a listener in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And he shared that at age 25, he was diagnosed with a metastasized melanoma, a very rapid form of cancer. The doctor told him that there was really nothing that they could, that they could do about it, about that type of cancer. Once it gets into the bloodstream, it's just a matter of time before that type of cancer attacks all the major organs. Then on top of it, one day, this, this listener's dog was hit by a semi-truck and died. He was so upset and he cried out to God, why do you do this to me? I have terminal cancer. I'm soon going to die. And now, my dog is dead. And he went to bed angry and crying. Well, the next morning, still in a very sad mental state, the phone rang. And it was the nurse of the doctor's office. He replied, what do you want? Stop bothering me. I'm dying. Leave me alone. Then the nurse said, but sir, the doctor needs to talk to you. Then the oncologist got on the line and told him that something miraculously has happen had happened. Based on the test that was done earlier in the week, the cancer had disappeared. And he was cancer-free. The doctor could not explain how this miracle possibly could have happened. This happened 43 years ago. And this listener in Fort Lauderdale is cancer-free to this day. As he told me this story just a few weeks ago. Anyone heard of uh, DeKalb Corn in DeKalb, Illinois? Well, I have. I've heard a lot about it for the last 32 years. Uh, because my in-laws are from DeKalb, Illinois. And years ago, while visiting on a family vacation in Illinois, I decided to take a seven-hour drive to Canton, Ohio, with my son and my nephew, to see the Annavale Hall of Fame. Mixing in a little business, we stopped at one of our customers in Cleveland, Cleveland is a fascinating city located on Lake Erie, 
home of the NBA champion Cavaliers, and also the home of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We then drove on to Canton, Ohio. Now, for two boys playing high school football at the time, the NFL Hall of Fame was like going to heaven. Seeing all these statues of all the NFL great was truly impressive. Then just last weekend, eight big names in American football were enshrined in the NFL Hall of Fame, including quarterback Brett Favre, coach Tony Dungy, wide receiver Marvin Harrison, and former 49er owner Eddie DiPartello. Now, Brett Favre gave a passionate and emotional speech last Saturday. He opened with, thank you, Canton. Thank you, Hall of Fame. And thank you, Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, followed by a thundering wave of applause. The remarkable speech was full of emotion and anecdotes of faith. The faith his father had in him while he was in high school. And he shared a story about his father, who was the high school football coach. And after a disappointing game, he heard his father talk to the other coaches that his son would do better at the next game because he had it in him. Brad overheard this conversation, but didn't tell anyone including his family, including his wife, till just last Saturday. But the faith that his father showed at that moment inspired him. He spent the rest of his career trying to redeem himself, making his father proud. It led him to become the best quarterback of all time. Now, halls of fame can be found in nearly every aspect of life. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland. The NCAA in Indianapolis. Basketball in Springfield. NASCAR in Charlotte. Baseball in Cooperstown. And Hollywood has a walk of fame. Even the flower industry in America has a floriculture hall of fame in Alexandria, Virginia. Now the term hall of fame was popularized in America by the hall of fame for great Americans by the Bronx Community College in New York City all the way back in the year 1900. Now inspiration for this concept came from Munich, Germany, where the Wallala Memorial, dating back to 1807, where notable people in German history, going back centuries, are recognized and enshrined. But the script for the ultimate Hall of Fame, recognizing those for their faith in God, what is commonly referred to as the Faith Hall of Fame, was written almost 2,000 years ago by an anonymous author 
who wrote a letter to the Hebrews. And this brings us to the text of today, which can be found on page 226 of the New Testament. And it starts at 11, Hebrews 11, verse 29. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea, as if it were dry land. But when the Egyptians attempted to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had received the spice in peace. And what more should I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouth of lions, quenched raging, raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received their death by resurrection. Others were tortured, refusing to accept release in order to obtain a better resurrection. Others suffered mocking and flocking, and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned to death. They were sawn in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, persecuted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, and in caves and holes in the ground. Yet all these, though they were commended for their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better, so they would not, apart from us, be made perfect. Then in chapter 12, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely. And let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Wow. The author didn't hold back, did he? This letter, this letter was written to the Hebrews. But the question is, who were the Hebrews? And unlike the letters, unlike the letters of Paul, who were addressed to believers in specific cities, like Thessalonica and Corinth, and Philippi in Greece, or the province of Galatia in modern-day Turkey, or to the early believers in Rome. This letter was written 
to the Hebrews, the early followers of Jesus living in the land of Israel. Now the letter to the Hebrews starts out with references to the roots of Judaism and laying an immediate link to Jesus Christ. In Hebrew 1 it says, after God spoke long ago in various portions and in various ways to our ancestors through the prophets, in these last days he has spoken to us in a son whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he created the world. The son is the radiance of his glory and a representation of his essence. And he sustains all things by his powerful word. And so, when he had accomplished cleansing for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So the writer takes us from the ancestors, through the prophets, straight to the Son, Jesus Christ, who is the radiance of his glory, represents the essence of God Almighty. And after cleansing the things of the world on the cross, he now sits at the right hand of the Father in the kingdom of God. There is not another letter in the New Testament that puts more emphasis on Scripture as a way to guide our daily lives than this letter to the Hebrews. The letter provides a challenge to live by faith but it does so in an encouraging setting. In the 11th chapter of Hebrews, faith is mentioned 26 times, more than any other chapter in the Bible. The author highlights profound examples of faith, going back to the first book in the Bible, the book of Genesis, starting with Abel, and Enoch, pleasing God. And Noah, who by faith built that ark, while others laughed at him. It lists three examples where the faith of Abraham was tested. Then it describes the faith journeys of Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, and Moses. Now the letter was addressed to the Israelites. The children of God, the descendants of the 12 tribes of Jacob. These folks knew the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, like no other. Hebrews 11 is called the Faith Hall of Fame for good reason. Because there are 12, 20 specific examples in the faith of faith in God. The writer in Hebrew said, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, in other words, here are the people who went before us through faith and now are inductees in the ultimate hall of fame, the kingdom of God. It said in chapter 12, let us lay aside Take off the weight and the sin that keeps us down. Drop it and let us run with perseverance 
the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus as pioneer and perfecter of our faith. The one who endured the cross to carry our sins. But now has taken the seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Take off that weight. What does that mean? We ask for forgiveness. And we repent of our sins. We stop doing what we used to do. Once that weight comes off and the chains are broken, we can run like never before. It says run with perseverance, looking to Jesus. Become a witness. Tell your story. Just like these Teen Challenge students that we have here today. How encouraging and uplifting to hear these testimonies. You are an inspiration to all. Last week, I went to Holland for a few days. Visit some bold suppliers and attend a wedding for my niece. One of my nieces. We also took a little time to visit the Cory Tamboom house in Holland and saw that room with the hiding place. What an incredible experience. And in that living room hang an, hang an embroidered picture made by Cory Tamboom herself. But it was, it was facing with the backside. And all you could see was this mess of embroidery, knots and threads tied together and going all different directions. A confusing mess. Then the tour guide turned it around and on the other side was a beautiful embroidery depicting the crown of the kingdom of God. Well, next to it was a poem called The Weaver by Grant Colfax Tuller. My life is but a weaving between my God and me. I cannot choose the colors. He weaveth steadily. <clears throat> Oftentimes he weaveth sorrow. And I, in foolish pride, forget he sees the upper and I the underside. Not till the loom is silent and the shuttles cease to fly will God unroll the canvas and reveal the reason why. The dark threads are as needful in the weaver's skillful hand as the threads of gold and silver in the pattern he has planned. He knows, he loves, he cares. Nothing this truth can dim. He gives the very best to those who leave the choice to him. Well, I thought about this for a while. And what a great analogy of our daily lives. Sometimes it feels like whatever happens, none of it makes sense. Like that listener in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. We feel that God is not with us. We feel alone and confused. He gives the very best to those 
who leave the choice to him. What a profound statement of faith. With that type of faith in the Lord, he will ultimately show us, when turning that picture around, what the true meaning of life is all about. Amen. That listener in Florida has since written a number of best-selling books, inspirational books, and he coaches others in business and personal advice. Here is the question. Do we live in doubt or do we have faith? Faith in God. Faith in our Lord Jesus to lead us and to guide us. Can we draw inspiration from the folks in Hebrew 11? The Faith Hall of Fame. How faith persevered and how it led them into the kingdom. Thomas Aquinas said, to one who has faith, no explanation is necessary. To one without faith, no explanation is possible. Faith is like electricity. You can't see it, but you can see the light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, Brett Favre may have been the best quarterback of all time, or Eddie Derpartello, one of the most popular coach, uh, owners. And all the other inductees undoubtedly met all the qualifications. Hebrews 11 rates its Hall of Fame inductees by their faith that they demonstrated. Ladies and gentlemen, what is the takeaway as we leave here this morning? Martin Luther King said faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the rest of the staircase. What do we need to do to enter the kingdom of God, to follow those who went before us to the ultimate hall of fame. Samuel Shoemaker said eternal life does not begin with death. It begins with faith. The letter to the Hebrews gives clear instruction on how to become an inductive into the ultimate hall of fame. Repent of our sins and run the race that is set before us. Recognize that we cannot do it alone and accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Surrender to him and let him enter our hearts. Jesus said in Mark 4:26. Faith is like a seed planted in your heart. God gives the harvest at the appointed time. Folks, let that little seed of faith be planted in our hearts. D.L. Moody said, A little faith will bring your soul to heaven. 
But a lot of faith will bring heaven to your soul. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. Jesus said, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. And as we leave here today, let our faith in Jesus Christ lead us onto that pathway to eternal life, that road to the ultimate hall of fame. Amen. Amen.